Quick question for you. Are you a Federal Access member yet? If you're a government contractor, you need a Federal Access account. You can get started today with a free membership. Just visit federal-access.com forward slash game changers. Free members get access to about 20 documents and templates as well as our video training playbooks. More importantly, this gets you in the RSM Federal ecosystem and makes you part of our community. So go grab your free account today at federal-access.com forward slash game changers. Now let's hop into this episode. Welcome to Game Changers for Government Contractors. Game Changers is dedicated to helping you position for and win more government contracts. And now your hosts, Josh and Mike. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of Game Changers for Government Contractors. And today we're going to be bringing back one of our favorite guests. He's also a partner of ours. We've got Carol Bernard with us, the co-founder of Govology. And we're going to be talking about a really exciting topic today because I think... This topic is one where there's a lot of stuff that you you don't know what you don't know. And today's topic is about blind spots. So these are things that you may not know that you don't know, but they're also things that uh, I think may be a surprise to a lot of folks on here. So be- before we get deep into this, Carol, why don't you take a minute, tell everybody a little bit about yourself, what you do over there at Govology, and then we'll dive in. Awesome. Hey, thank you, Mike. And thanks for having me back today. I'm excited to be here. So Govology is an online training platform. We have uh, 80 plus uh, courses now online. We do some live webinars, but but the whole idea from when we started was to basically make the training available and accessible to uh, the small businesses out there who uh, were busy working in their business. So you can kind of work at your own pace. And and over the, the last four years, we've developed a whole host of training. We've developed some partnerships. Uh, you guys are a great partner uh, in our accelerator program that we've got. So we've got these kind of like three levels of training that we do where we look at this kind of along the contractor's journey, right? So basically, where are you starting from? So explore, accelerate, and then what do you do to dominate in, in your industry as a small business? And so that's that's kind of a progression. But this is kind of where we're looking to, uh, you know, really grow and help contractors just along the way, depending upon where they are. And, and everybody's a little bit different. And I think that's probably some of what we're going to talk about today as well is just really understanding where you are in your journey and what would be the best strategy for you to pursue. Yeah. You know, and, and while we're talking about that for one second, some of the stuff you guys do, I want everybody to stay on, listen all the way to the end, because one of the things we're going to talk about is this new masterclass that you have, uh, and it's going to be talking about teaming and the, the uh, small uh, mentor-protege program and a whole host of other things. So we're going to talk about that at the end, but I, I want to save that to the end for folks, and we'll tell them how they can go check out what's going on. There's some free stuff they can go check out, uh, and we'll, we'll cover that right at the end for everybody. But today, we're going to be talking in-depth about small government contractor blind spots. So this is for the, a huge part of this is for the, the small business. So you're in government contracting, whether you're new, you've been in this a while and it's going to resonate really, really well. But I want to make sure that whether you're small or large, this is going to, this is probably going to hit home for a lot of folks. There's there, depending on your size or or this is size independent, I should say. There's a lot of stuff that we're going to talk about that it doesn't matter how big you are. You're probably going to see some of these challenges, but they're definitely something that hits home early in your business. So while you're gaining experience, you talked about the the small business journey that these mm-hmm. folks go through. 
when you're in that early stage of the small business journey, you have a lot of blind spots because I think a lot of times you have tunnel vision on, I just want to make sure the lights don't go out. So right. you know, we, we want to focus on that. So why don't we start with what do you see as like the first big blind spot for small contractors? Well, one of the first big blind spots is that you get registered and let's just say you're a construction contractor and, and there's a different size standard for everyone, but the primary NAICS code, uh, 236220, a $39.5 million size standard. So first off, there's a big gap between a million dollar contractor and one that's pressing up against that size standard. So just within your own small business uh, competition, there could be a good, a big gap. So my bullet here is that your competitors may be larger than they appear, but it doesn't stop there. Back when I was at the VA, uh, I was working in contracting. You know, I started seeing a lot of large contractors show up on small business set aside jobs. Hmm. And what some of the small businesses are not realizing is that there's big teams. I mean, huge companies that are backing small businesses out there right now. And so you got to also understand that, yeah, you're not just competing against this other guy or, or, or gal that might be out there. Uh, they kind of look like you from the surface, but when you look at, you know, who's behind them, you know, now you're competing against, you know, them and a, and a large company. Uh, or, you know, an Alaska Native co uh, uh, corporation, which, you know, they have their own uh, special rules in terms of how big that they can get and still be in the small business marketplace. And so that's one thing that I think a lot of small businesses, when they get into this marketplace and they see, oh, small business set aside, you know, I'll be competing against people that are about my size. But there's a lot of big players that are also playing into the small business marketplace. And we're talking, we're going to talk later today about the big game changer that's happened over the past three years, which is kind of opening up the floodgate to this yeah i mean that's an interesting one there and i would say you know if i'm listening to this the one question i can say or, or the one question i would have is how does this affect me you know and and how do i figure out so it's two questions how do i figure out if it is a level playing field or if the company that i'm competing with is actually backed by a bigger company are, are there some easy ways to figure this stuff out that's, that's partly doing some, some market research and just getting out there. Uh, sometimes if you can get out to some of the site visits that the, the agencies have, you know, you'll see some of those big players show up with their small business partners. Uh, sometimes you'll see it in uh, the SAM system or, or you'll see people, uh, which we'll talk about a little bit later, but it'll be like, you know, the XYZ joint venture, right? Yeah. So when you see the word joint venture, it's likely that you're going to go up against one of those uh, larger teams. And mm -hmm. so sometimes it's really hard to see at the, at the onset. But the, the more that you look at your competition and you study this and then you, you understand what goes on out there in the small business set aside world, you know, you'll really start to understand that, you know, hey, there's a, there's some big players that there's some forces that I'm going to be up against here that are, are partnered up with my competitors. And so either I'm the person that's going to be bringing a knife to the gunfight or I go and get a gun. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah so, I, I need to go get one of these guys on my team too. So. Right. 
Yeah, and that's what we'll be talking today in terms of the teaming aspect of things. Yeah, and and I can see how that would be really discouraging if I am, you know, let's say, quote a small business, and I think I'm competing with other people about my size, and I'm I'm thinking about the, you know the knife and the gunfight type of thing. I'm thinking about my approach to this proposal based on an equal playing field or level playing field only to realize there's a much bigger backer on the back end that's completely obliterating my chances to win this because of the way they've set things up. Now, I I assume after you've lost one or two to this same company, you'll start to dig in and do some research. But I think part of the the advice that we would have on this podcast is you don't shouldn't wait, you know, till you've lost one or two or three opportunities to the same company to find out. And like you said, even being able to see the joint venture, you know, tag along, you know, that would help somebody realize, oh, this is a different game, you know, or, or even in, you know, from the perspective of looking at it and saying, oh, in my NAICS code, what is the top threshold? for companies my size. I, you can go and quickly do uh, you know, some FPDS research. You can go look at GSA schedules. You can go and see you know, what companies are winning. I had a client yesterday who said, yeah, this was our best year ever, but they are very particular about sharing numbers with me. And I was like, I get it. You don't want to share this, so I'll just go look it up in FPDS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, you did $4 million this year, and this was your top three clients. So, you know, I know that stuff is really sacred to you, but it's on the internet, you know? And, uh, and, I, and I, just, I just say that because it's like, you know, it, the information's there, and, I, you know, we... It's it's funny. I don't I don't mean to make fun of, of, of that company because I know when you yeah. grow up, especially in the cleared world, everything mm-hmm. is hush-hush. Everything is very, very hush-hush. But, but, you know, you can go – there's so many tools out there. You can go and do the research and go, wow, they did $4 million last year. You know – yeah, they're they're much or they did 14 million dollars last year and we did 500,000 you know we're not in the same ballpark as these guys so I I think that's a an eye-opening blind spot to realize all small businesses are not created equal so that, that's a pretty interesting one so yeah absolutely absolutely and um, you know I've got another blind spot for you as well yeah so that is sometimes you've got to win big just to get small opportunities. And so I want to caveat our conversation today with this. There's a lot of opportunity out there for small businesses that can do some self-performing on things, uh, for opportunities under the micro-purchase threshold, uh, under the simplified acquisition threshold. So a lot of the the conversation today, not to scare off small businesses, is, uh, is re- I'm really going to be talking about to go after the larger federal contracts, you know, so, but here's the deal. A lot of people don't understand that sometimes you got to win a large federal contract just to get a small project. Hmm. And let me give you a couple of examples about what I mean by that. Back when I was a contracting officer at the VA, uh, we had a $50 million uh, MATOC contract, a multiple award task order contract. Basically, that contract ran for five years. And in order to get that you know, you had to win a $50 million contract. However, mm-hmm. the individual jobs or the individual task orders ranged from $2,000 to mm-hmm. $2 million, you yeah. know? And so a lot of contractors come in there and they may say, well, Carol, 
I don't want to win a multi-million dollar contract. Well, I understand that, but if that's the way the agency procures what you sell, you're going to have to if you want to sell yeah. to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we talk about that a lot of times. You know, from the perspective of contract vehicles, it's like it's it's just a vehicle to help you win some of these small things. You're not actually winning a fifty million dollar contract. You're winning the right to bid on all the little pieces. That that's what you're doing. You're you're giving your mm-hmm. you know the 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 term you hear most in government speak is a license to hunt. You know you're getting a license to hunt on a lot of these things. What you're also doing in those situations are you're actually locking out competition most of the time because if people haven't won that first initial piece, they can't bid on the task orders. So that's that's a good thing. But I think it I think it scares off a lot of these little companies. And they just don't know what to do. They don't have the proposal writing capabilities. Uh, they don't have a lot of these things. And they think they can't get that help from somewhere. Right. You know, I know that that definitely scares me. They're like, oh, well, we can't. I hear that all the time. We can't do this on our own. Yeah, most people can't. Most most people can't do it on their own. So what's new? You know, right. go, go get some help. You know, there's, That's right. there's, there's help out there that will help you win that. So you can start acquiring all this stuff because I, there's one of our clients, I won't mention them by name, but when they first came to us, they had no contracts. They were just starting up. They had an idea and their first thing was, what are all the major contract vehicles we need to be on? If we're going to really yeah. put this together and that's actually all they did in their first probably 12 to 18 months, one or two of them were still working Mm -hmm. a job while they were working in the business. And their focus was winning contract vehicles, putting together Mm -hmm. teaming partners so that then they could have the license to hunt in all those areas. And I think today they have, I want to say somewhere in the neighborhood of they're on like 500 and something million dollars worth of IDIQs out there so they can go and hunt and they're winning stuff and now making, you know, really good money doing it. But they had they had no company really. It was just yeah. a, couple, a couple of guys. One was on the East Coast, one was on the West Coast, and they were just you know going get some contract vehicles so that they could, like you said they could go and start uh, winning task orders on the small stuff. So that's that's yeah. a really good one. Yeah, and I, and I've got two more points before we actually get into start talking about teaming there. But some of these, and I mentioned the Maytok opportunity, but that's just an IDIQ, the five year contract vehicle, but. This is, I think, the other thing that a lot of small businesses don't see that are new to the market. So if I'm stepping in and I'm not seeing much happening out there in FBO and I'm scratching my head like, okay, I know the government spends more than this, you know, where is it? Where is it? You know, and and it's up there at those higher levels. And typically what happens is if the government is buying through either one of their own five-year contract vehicles or they're going through the GSA schedules, it's kind of like a little, in fact, I've got a diagram that I use in some of my presentations. I call it the acquisition pyramid. You know, they start mm-hmm. at the top. Hey, do we have this under any of our own contracts? If not, they'll go down to another level. Uh, one of those levels is is the GSA. Can I piggyback to get this off of? Because they don't want to have to mm-hmm. go to the open market if they don't yeah. have to. So typically, if all you're doing is registering and looking for ops on FBO, you're kind of getting the scraps of what's left over to right. the contractors if they did have those vehicles in place that didn't want those particular opportunities. So that's, I think, another blind spot for a lot of contractors. But then also on that, because of the nature of some of these vehicles only coming open at once every five years, 
So you want to do business with the VA and they've got that five-year contract vehicle. If you don't start getting your team in place, you know, and you just try to go after it on your own and then you see when the solicitation comes out, that's like, oh my gosh, I can't do all of this by myself. Right. At that point, it's too late to really build a team and you're just going to have to wait another five years before that that vehicle rolls around again for competition. Yeah, and that that's painful. But, you know, what a great point, though, because I think a lot of people, and I've never heard anybody put it that way, and I thought that was brilliant. You know, the stuff on FBO is really a, a lot of the scraps. It is, it's a lot of the scraps that if you are, uh, and I like your, your, your pyramid that you were talking about there, you know, cause do we have a vehicle that we can use it? Can we piggyback off somebody else? You know, we, we want to, we want to avoid being on the open market as much as possible, you know, and that, and that is how the buyer is. They don't want to be on the open market if they don't have to, especially if all these things are in place, you know, how, how brilliant is that? Let me use the things that are in place. And so, you know, but to understand that one, there are a lot of scraps out there. But two, these things roll around every five years. And that's the the challenge I see for a lot of folks as well is they get in here and they go, oh, the number one client I want to work with just competed this a year and a half ago. So I'm shut out mm-hmm. for, you know, for three years. And I'm like, yeah, you're shut out sort of, you know, there may be some scraps, some simplified acquisitions, other different things, you know, going on. But you've got three years to prep for the next round. You know, so mm-hmm. and and you can't wait till you know three point nine. You know, like you can't wait till like the month before that acquisition comes out because it's just too much. It's too much work, you know, yeah. to, to figure that out. But you can be positioning with them during that three years that you have. You can be meeting the client, right. learning about them. There's all these kind of things. I think that's probably one of the most important things that people need to understand when they're small is. There are these windows and the opportunity is sort of closed in some areas. You know, when we meet with a new client, one of the first things I ask them is, you know, like, what do you do? Like, what do you really do? Like, where do you want to focus? What are you going to sell the most? Let me go do some research and let me figure out exactly this. You know, are there opportunities? You know, is it under a contract where, man, this is going to be three years before we can really go after this? Are, Are there a lot of stuff? is there a lot of stuff on the open market for you? I'm always looking for that because the worst thing you can do is sign up a client only to realize, Oh man, the bulk of opportunities are closed right now and they're not going to roll around for three years, four years, Yeah, you know, or Hey, this just closed and it's under protest. So let me add six years to that, you know, of, of however long it's going to be, you know? Um, so yeah, I think that's a really big blind spot. What I think we have one more. We have one more blind spot we need to hit. Yeah, well, and I think we should probably also add this too. You know, if you're in that situation, you're not completely out. And you guys have some really outstanding resources and some training on how do you get on a Prime's team? Because if you're out of it, you know, the next best thing that you can do is is to get on somebody else's team. Mm-hmm. So today we're probably going to be talking more about the small business going after it as a prime with a larger partner behind them. But that's something that people should understand. But you you kind of touched base on on that other the other big key right here is that 
you really need to understand the forecasting elements and how to use market research to know when these opportunities are coming out in the future. So you can take maybe a two-year perspective at least and start planning that and start having you know, conversations with partners uh, because here's the deal. Let's take that IDIQ contract that I was referencing. Well, the VA is going to say, are they going to wait until it expires to compete that? No. Mm. They're probably going to do the competition about maybe a year or even 18 months in advance so that they can actually get the new contractors in place and the new contracts done because it takes them a while to go through that process. So everything is set up so when those current contracts expire, they have some continuity there so they don't get into the situation where they have to put out everything to FBO now because, again, they don't necessarily like doing that. And so basically being able to do some market research and lo looking at out two years and start to actually really seriously have some conversations with partners two years out because what we're going to be talking about today in teaming you know, and, and if you ultimately get into a joint venture or get into the SBA's All Small Mentor Protege program, sometimes it takes a long time for those two companies to have a dialogue where they feel comfortable to know each other. They might even want to date a little bit, you know, right. and they say, hey, right. like, well, let's go on a couple of dates together first, you know, so let's do a couple of projects to see how this all pans out for us because I don't know you. And I might not want to form a separate legal entity with you, you know. Right, right. And so it's like getting married, really, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I what a, that's a very important blind spot for a lot of people, you know, being able to do these long range forecasting exercises, because I, I see a lot of people get into government contracting. And the, here's the question I'm always asked. How long is it going to take me to win my first contract? <laughs> and I'm yep. like, uh, yeah, that's a pretty broad question here. Cause, you know, based on, you know, what experience do you have in the market? Do you have any intelligence on any opportunities? Are you brand new to this market? Have you been in it, you know, with other government contractors? You know, what kind of past performance do you have in the commercial? Like, there's so many questions you can ask. And to me, thinking about, how quick can I win my first contract? While it's a good question, it's not how the government works. The, the government doesn't do anything fast. Like if, if you and I were actually running our business the way the government runs theirs, like not only would we have been out of business years ago, we would have been fired so long. Like you, there's no way you can miss deadlines the way the government does. And, and in your own business, like you cannot do that. And so yeah. the government moves at such a slow pace on almost everything that, and, and this is actually a frustration of mine when it comes to government contractors, because I see government contractors adopt that pace in their own business and start moving at a snail's pace to make little decisions, but they're not necessarily thinking long-term. And so it's kind of a long way around it for me to say, like being able to think long term and being able to look at what the government's doing. It, to me, that's a game changer in in mm -hmm. your business, because, you know, you're being able to pace yourself. You're being able to look at your cash flow. You're being you're looking at, you know, the the, the teaming partners you need, the other agreements you need, the contract vehicles. 
it, it gives you the ability to look at things through a very different lens, even how you approach conversations where you're not desperate and, you know, the whole adage of having your, your hat open to the contractor be like, please, you know, put something in it. You know, yeah. like you, you just change the game for yourself when you start to think strategically and long term and you know what's coming. You know that there's $50 million coming in over the next two years instead of the 400000 that you see on FBO today. Because mm-hmm. that's right. depressing. That to me yeah. is depressing to be like, there's there are no opportunities. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like there are. You just have to look for them and be better about right. the forecasting yep. piece and, and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, when we started this podcast today, you know, we, we set out to talk about some of the blind spots. I think we uncovered a lot of those. But I think for a lot of people looking at this, there there's a, some central themes here. And one of the central theme here is I need to get better at teaming. Uh, you talked about some some agreements earlier so that, you know, maybe I need to to form some joint ventures, you know, get in the mentor protege pro like there's so many little things, but teaming being kind of at the heart of it and, and the things that touch teaming. And, and I know you have this great masterclass coming up mm-hmm. and I, what I want you to do is tell, tell people a little bit about maybe the importance of teaming and how that all ties in. And then we can touch on like your masterclass and what you guys are doing there and just, just kind of bring people up to speed. All right. Well, let's take a journey back in time. <laughs> so, and I'm going to move quickly, but uh, ultimately, so I, I came out of contracting with the VA and I started working at the SBA. And this was the first time I really kind of had that aha moment because I, I saw people teaming up. And at the time, there was the SBA's 8A Mentor Protege Program, which was actually a part of the 8A's business development program. And what I saw there really blew my mind. I mean, you know, the the big lure for 8A contracting is the sole source contracts. But when I saw what was happening on the teaming and the joint venturing side and and the special exception that people within the mentor-protege had that nobody else had, and we're going to talk about that today and how this is a game changer that I really think that a lot of people are, are still like clueless about. But it was just amazing, and and the the one big thing was that okay, there's teaming. So there's two types of teaming. There's the prime sub team, right? And so in a normal teaming relationship, if you're just doing a prime sub team, sometimes the agencies will accept that okay, you're bringing a larger partner to the table, um, and we may or may not accept their experience in, in this in past performance, and that's one of the challenges that a lot of small businesses have in getting the larger federal contracts is they lack experience and past performance. They struggle with writing the big proposals. Uh, you know, bonding becomes an issue for them. And so there's a lot of those barriers there. So then they team. And so they can bring in a lot of that experience through the team. But sometimes the agency says, well, we don't want just to see that experience from your subcontractor. We really want to see the experience held within the prime. And you'll see that sometimes in the evaluation criteria for award when you're looking at the solicitations. They'll say, we want the experience and the past performance held within the prime. Well, at that point, now you're up against another challenge because if your partner is large, a small business cannot do a joint venture with a large without being affiliated. And that means that they're basically going to now combine the revenues of both firms. And obviously, if you're 
competing or you're partnering with a large and a joint venture, you won't be a small business ineligible for yeah. the set-aside contract anymore. So the amazing exception that the 8A program had for this in the business development program is they said, I'll tell you what, we're going to allow a large business to partner up or JV with an 8A firm. But it's got to be approved and they've got to be in this mentor-protege program. If you get into this mentor-protege program and, hey, big contractor, if you're providing the small one with certain assistance that they need, we're going to let you, you know, dip your toes in this $100 billion pool of small business spin that we do every year. And the big contractors were like, all right, awesome. And so this is how this all kind of started happening. And this is like the big kind of aha epiphany moment that I saw back when I started working at the SBA that I, I didn't really kind of connect all of those dots when I was on the contracting side. So after I left the SBA, um, I'm not going to go through every kind of little detail that I went in, in, into the journey, but there was a there's a small business teaming pilot program that uh, I was a consultant for and I provided some uh, education for. That was actually an SBA pilot program at the time. And it was very challenging to actually even outside of that 8A program to help these small businesses team to go after those larger contracts uh, because of those aspects that I just uh, talked about. Well, something happened. And in 2013, within the National Defense Authorization Act, Congress authorized the SBA to basically make this mentor-protege program available to all small businesses. Hmm. Now, that was in 2013, so it took you talking about moving yeah. slow. It, it, it was another three years before the SBA actually rolled that out. But they did, and, and basically they rolled it out in 2016, and they actually started taking applications. And so October 1st of 2016 was the first time that they started taking applications for that particular program. Can you see how that's a big game changer? Because now not just the 8As have that ability, but all small businesses have the ability to get a large partner on their team. And basically, if they need to bring that experience and the past performance in-house to get the contract, literally, they could have Boeing or Microsoft if they could somehow convince those big guys to be on their team. And um, But, you know, it doesn't have to be a Boeing or Microsoft. Right. Maybe it's a small $100 million company that's, very good in their own right at what they do in the, in your area, you know, and I, and I found actually that some of the large corporations are kind of hard just from the, the bureaucracy standpoint uh, through yeah. it, you know, to get this done. But like, Hey, if you can connect with a little hundred million dollar company, uh, I say little, right. But right. you know, a lot of the owners are still engaged with their companies at that level. And you can start having a conversation with the owner and ultimately get these folks on your team and if joint ventures the way that you go, then you say, hey, let's take this into the mentor-protege program. Here's some areas that you can support us. The SBA is going to give us this exception from affiliation. And that joint venture not only becomes eligible for small business set-asides, but also, let's just say that's a, a, a veteran-owned business or a hub-zone business. That joint venture now becomes eligible for those set-asides. Mm -hmm. So essentially, like a large business can have up to like a 49% equity stake in a venture that can go after small business contracts. And that's why I also say, 
your competitors may not be as small as they appear. Yeah. And what are you going to do about this? Because now that the floodgates are open, it took three years for the first 500 firms to get into the mentor-protege program. So from 2016 to 2018, and last year, we actually did our, our, a master class on this. It was an eight-week master class because I felt that there was a big need out there to educate the small businesses and understanding how they, how they do this because a lot of them struggle in finding the partners, being able to speak the language to their teaming partners, and, and just getting the, deal, mm-hmm. getting the deals done. Since last year to date, another 500, so it's almost doubled. Wow. So people are starting to get the memo. And, uh, you yeah. know, I know you guys have had Stephen Coprince on in the past, and you know, he's going to be my partner. We're running a, another 10-week master class, and, and we're likely going to do this once a year. Uh, even though Stephen's retired, he's agreed to, to work with me on this endeavor because he feels also that it's, it's so important uh, to do this. But, but the idea is to really help people get into that. So uh, the more and more that these small businesses are out there, partnering with larger businesses it's already getting harder and you see a lot of media out right. the, about the consolidation and everything but this isn't something that's talked about a lot and it's pretty much going to come to the day where it's like well hey who's your large partner because <laughs> it's going to be large competing yeah. against large it kind of behind a small you know yeah no i i i absolutely you know and I think for a lot of folks we were talking about earlier, you know, in the blind spots portion of this podcast, how when you're new, a huge portion of your time, your mindset is focused on how do I pay myself? How do I just keep the lights on? And you want to focus on simplified acquisitions. You want to focus on set aside. You want to focus on all these things. And then to introduce, oh, there's this teaming aspect in this mentor-protege aspect and this aspect, there's so many moving parts that you really do need some expertise in it, some training in it. Otherwise, you're really just fighting blind because you know you hit on one of the things that most of the people, when they come and ask me about this, they'll say, hey, have you heard about this mentor-protege thing? And I'll say, yeah, absolutely. The, the follow-up question is always, how do I find a mentor, right? <laughs> How do I find a company that's going to mentor me? And and we don't need to answer that today. We can answer that in the master class. Right. But my my point is, you know, people don't even know step one, much less. And this is not a knock against any of the people. This is just it's a newer program. It's you know just a different way of doing things. And I think not only on the small side, I think a lot of big companies they look at it and go, oh well, we're big, we don't need that. And once you can speak the right speak, they can realize, oh, if we did this, we go from 100 to 100 and X, you know, whatever that X is. Right. And it would set us up to go in a whole new direction, you know, and, you know, there's just so many, there's so much value, so much benefits to both sides that I think being trained up on this and understanding how to communicate the value to the right partners is a big deal. So um, where... I tell you what, instead of asking people to remember this, um, what I'll do is I will get with you after the podcast. We'll put a link in the description of where they can go to learn more about this masterclass that you're doing. But I'll give you any final thoughts you want to say about the masterclass or anything like that that's coming up or or even anything we talked about today in the podcast. Yeah. So, you know, just to recap, again, we talked about those blind spots 
we talked about the long range planning and, and it becomes very essential when you start talking about, hey, I want to do this, right? Because you want to identify with your partner the opportunities that are out there and saying like, hey, there's 200 to $300 million of opportunity out there that we've got on our radar two to three years from now. And we're, we're, we're doing that long range planning. So now you can kind of whet the appetite of those larger businesses, you know, to say, hey, there's a lot of big opportunity out there. And once we get into this, there's a lot that we can do together. And so that's also what brings some of those, those big firms in. But again, on the timeline, so one of the things that we teach in the, mar- in the class is, you know, how to do the market research to not just find any partner, but to find the right partner for you based upon your needs and based upon the specific opportunities and that maybe the contract vehicles or maybe even the large like single scope projects. Maybe there's a, a $25 million you know, hospital parking lot bill that's going to come up, you know. So being able to communicate those opportunities and giving yourself enough time to have the conversation because here's kind of how this timeline goes. If you want to basically do a joint venture with a large business, first of all, you have to know that that opportunity is coming down the pipeline. Second step, you have to basically convey that to your partner and get them on your team. The third step is that if the if the strategy is to do a joint venture to so that you make sure that the agency is is going to be most accepting and sometimes that's the challenge that you don't know until you see the solicitation coming out whether or not the agency is going to say yeah we'll accept a, a teaming partner or they say no we want the experience held within the prime so if you really want to get yourself in the best position and your partner is agreeable to it, you say, okay, we're going to do a joint venture, but because you're large, we have to get into the SBA's mentor-protege program. So then you apply for that program. And then once you're in, you do the JV. And this is why the whole forecasting piece becomes so critical. So in our masterclass, we talk a lot about all of the aspects from being able to do that long-range forecast to identifying specific partners that are already in the marketplace and and maybe already are even working at the agency that you want to do mm-hmm. business with. So they've got some embedded relationships and how to have the conversations with them, how to speak intelligently a little bit about all of this because you might find a great partner that doesn't really know about teaming. So you may have to be able to explain a little bit of how it'll work to them yeah. in order to get them on board. And then I've got Steven in there. Uh, Steven is likely the most, you know, sought after and and most, you know, educated person in this particular arena. I'm so honored to have Steven on the team. And basically, we're going to spend 10 weeks uh, educating people. We're going to give them modules and homework assignments. We'll be in there to meet with them once a week. And uh, I'm going to provide some some follow-on support outside of that 10-week period. So it's going to be a really nice deep dive training. So the idea is that when people come out of that training, that not only will they have the education, but also some follow-on support from what we're doing here at Govology in order that when they get six months down the road, they were like, oh, what was that that, uh, they said in the master class? I will be there for them to say, this is what we were talking about. Yeah. Now they start implementing it. And so our last master class, we had some nice success stories. In fact, 
uh, I was just talking with it. I, I did a little podcast yesterday with one of the guys that uh, went through it, and, and he's already got multiple teaming deals. He's proposing on a multi multi million dollar contract as we speak with one of those partners with the Army Corps, which is one of the most complex agencies to do business with. Oh yeah, and it's just like it's so awesome to basically be able to see now that this this works, this process and this system and the training that we set up is working for people. I wasn't even going to relaunch the masterclass until I saw that it got results. And yeah. when I saw that it was getting results for people, I said, okay, we're going to do this again. And then game on. We, we plan to do it year after year uh, from here on out. Nice. Nice. Cool. Well, I'm, I'm excited to see all the results coming out of the masterclass. It sounds exciting. I've, I've seen some really good things from it, some great feedback. So good for you guys for doing that. Like you said, having yourself and Steven, you know, having a, an attorney there to talk about the legal aspects of this, because I think that is very important because people get very scared about the government and the legal aspects and what's right versus wrong. Cause I think a lot of people in the service will be like, is this, you know, legal, ethical? <laughs> like, yeah. Yes. And here's why, if you do it properly, yes. And here's why. And, you know, let's get some actual legal advice from that. So really good stuff. So thanks for coming on today. Uh, thanks for talking about all the blind spots and kind of uncovering some of the game changers there. And I wish you a lot of success in the masterclass coming up. As I said before, we'll have a link to that in the description for this podcast. And uh, just thanks for being here. We, we really appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me again, Mike. And uh, I look forward to uh, continuing to to support the small business community out there. And hopefully, uh, you know, this will really help to to get the word out because I really think that a lot of people d d hasn't gotten the memo yet. And this is a great forum to just to help to get the word out. So I appreciate you having me here today. Before we get out of here today, I want to ask you a couple of questions. Do you want to get more out of your government contracting business? Do you feel like you need an edge or some new insights? Are you just looking for maybe even some motivation in the right direction because maybe you're at a plateau? Well, if you said yes to any of those, maybe it's time you join Federal Access and you can start your journey with us today for free. Federal Access is our online training and education knowledge base for government contractors. There's everything you'll ever need to win government contractors in there, including support. But free members can start out with a couple of really basic awesome tools. One of them is our on-demand training videos called Strategy Playbooks. There's more than 60 training videos designed to boost your government skills by covering tips, strategies, market updates, and a whole lot more. And new videos are added monthly. So there's always new content coming in for our free members there. You can also get access to 12 key government sales templates and strategy documents to include a step-by-step -step market sales strategy document, a teaming and subcontracting questions to ask document, and two capability statement templates. So you can just plug in your information and rock and roll from there. So those uh, those tools right there are kind of a preview of everything that's in Federal Access. Overall, there's a little over 250 documents in the system right now, but you'll get access to those 12 key documents. You'll get access to the, the 60 plus playbooks and the growing library of that is. All you have to do is visit federal-access.com forward slash join. Uh, the link is also going to be in the description of this podcast, so you can go back later and click on that, but that's federal-access.com 
forward slash join. So again, if you're feeling stuck in your business, if you feel like you need an edge or some new insights, or you just feel like maybe there's some gaps of knowledge that you 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 just you don't even know what you don't know, right? Something along those lines, then join Federal Access today for free, federal-access.com forward slash join. Join today for free so you can get access to all of that cool content and see everything else in there that some of the paid members get. So you actually, there'll just be a little gold lock over the paid features and you can upgrade uh, whenever you like. Until next time, thanks for joining us on this episode of Game Changers for Government Contractors. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting app to get notifications of new episodes. And while you're there, we would also appreciate it if you'd take a minute to write us an honest review on iTunes or whatever podcasting app that is that you use. So thank you again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next time for lessons from our experts on how you can win more government contracts. Thanks for listening to Game Changers for Government Contractors. For a full list of episodes and other resources, be sure and check us out on the web at www.rsmfederal.com slash gamechangers.